my team, and I have, have consulted with my colleagues to find out what they were discussing, my theme is Simcha, joy. Just coming from a Simcha, from the, from a, the ultimate Simcha, which is Simcha of Akasana. And I want to speak about Simcha for a number of different contexts, which I believe will be an inspiration for all of us, and I include above all myself. Whenever someone speaks in this kind of a vein, uh, he has to speak to himself first and foremost. I mean, not in a halakhic vein. I've been privileged to speak here a number of times in purely halakhic discourse. I know that my predecessors were speaking primarily from that uh, perspective. What I will be discussing is from a different perspective. The perspective of, let's call, the main theme of the Yom Naroyim that we are about to uh, celebrate together. That's Tshuva Tzilo Stoko Ma'avir in Israel Ha'akzeh. And to speak about these very fundamental, basic foundations and how they relate to us. What I'd like to do is speak about all of them from the perspective of Simcha. And of course, as is our occupational habit, tie it into the parts of Shabbat. We just read yesterday a passage which is so frightening. It, just, it boggles the mind. The Tochacha tells us about so many terrible travails that our people have suffered. And you want to know what causes it. So the Tochach says, It was caused by the fact that you did not serve Hashem your God with joy and with a good heart, may roll cold. Now the words may roll cold are critical. How are they translated? The typical translation is may roll cold an abundance of good. You have been blessed with an abundance of good. This abundance of good should have led to your ecstasy, to a remarkable feeling of joy, of simcha, which would lead you to serve Hashem b'simcha, into Hashem b'simcha. But instead, now, you did not serve Hashem b'simcha v'tuleo, despite the fact that you were blessed with robe, cold, and abundance of good. And for this, you suffer the terrible privation described in the Tophachon. And I believe this is certainly a correct interpretation. Permit me, however, to add one of my own. You may ask, how is it possible that a person who is so blessed is so sick and doesn't understand that he has an obligation to serve Hashem given the tremendous abundance of good that has been showered upon him? I'll answer you. There's always something wrong in life. Whatever it is, whatever your situation is, guarantee there's something just not exactly right. Not the way you want it. It could be better. Always, invariably, no matter how successful you are in your profession, it could be better. Someone's doing better than you are. In your personal life, children, you're blessed with children, they're healthy children. Yeah, 
when someone else's children are ahead of yours at school, whatever it may be, there's always one to complain about and to feel a little bit bad about. And this is human nature. Then you may ask, so indeed, why should a person be happy if he's missing something which to him is so important? So here is my interpretation. May roll coal does not mean an abundance of good, which should be conventional translation, but may roll coal means a majority of good. A majority, a roll. We learn the Gemara, everyone knows A roll, a roll is a majority. Follow the roll. May roll coal means things are going pretty well. Thank God what you have. Could you have more? Of course. Doesn't have. You have to have the wisdom to thank Hashem with joy, with a good heart. May roll coal. That you've been blessed with a majority of the coal. You always want more. But you've been blessed with a majority and thank Hashem and worship Him with joy because you've been privileged to be blessed with this majority. This, I believe, is the core sin that's being described here with respect to the Tophophone. People in all times and places didn't have everything that they wanted. So they said, look, I'm missing this, I'm missing that, I'm missing the other thing. We go back to the beginnings of Jewish history. People complained in the desert they didn't have cucumbers. They didn't have meat. But what did they have? They had their freedom, they had their life, which was in danger so many times. They had mud and stuff. Yeah, but they found something wrong. Always, you always find something wrong. No matter what, there's always something wrong in life. Nothing is perfect. But instead of harping on the minority, which is often a small minority, an insignificant and irrelevant minority of things that you don't have, we are required to accentuate the positive and to thank Hashem with great simcha, with two labor, may roll coal. Because of the majority of that coal, that totality which we want, we have the majority. And the truth to tell, often we have everything that we need. And the parts that we want, are really would be to our detriment. Well, luckily we don't have them. But in our minds, assuming we're, we're missing them. So what? Thank Hashem and worship Him with simcha v'tuvayva merov kol. Because of the majority of everything which you have. That's my interpretation. And I believe this is a critical interpretation for how we approach life. Because we're all missing things. You look at yourself and you say, I'm missing something. It's not quite the way I want it. Whatever it may be in your own life, I, I'm speaking to a varied audience, different needs, different dreams, different desires, but one thing is common. You don't have everything you want. That's the human condition. And therefore, get used to it. And thank Hashem and worship Him with great joy, may roll cold. You have a majority of what you wanted, of what you think you need, which most of us in our present situation do have. I'm not sure this is true in, in Europe uh, 75 years ago when there was such crushing poverty and terrible mortality rates. It was terrible. So the person then wouldn't be so happy because we begin to understand it. But in our present situation, by and large, we should be overflowing with joy with a full heart. They were all called a majority of the totality which we think we want. There are two things which the Gavard Mesefta the Durin uh, singles out, among others, as what is the definition of coal? I believe that Yomi has already reached this point. Some of you may have already forgotten it. But <laughs> they roll coal, there are two things that I want to focus on, which we're specifically mindful of. And actually both have to do with the symbol that I just came from. I just came from a symbol of a wedding. A lady from my community was married. 
at a certain point in time, twice every seven years, and they recite something called Bibli Maisa, a very strange phrase, why it's called Bibli, a confession. It's really pretty self-congratulatory, as a matter of fact. And it, and it concludes with a mind-boggling statement. A sounds almost pompous. A sisi I've done all that you've commanded of me. Wow. So Rashi already takes notes. What could this be that you'd say about yourself? It's seems like arrogant. A sisi kachol and everything you've commanded of me. Rashi says three words. Three words and three words only for the mission of Master Shani. And the three words are samachti v'simachti bo. I utilize this tie, the nicer, and I was happy with it, and I made others happy with it. It's somewhat unclear exactly which master is this referring to. The Vilna Gaon, as a matter of fact, in his parish on the Mishnah Matashene, he refers to Tzedakah in general. That I gave Tzedakah, it's not limited to the Masarish and the Masarani, which are Tzedakah-like, which are described in the previous person I gave to the, to the, to the lady, the Masarishan, or the Giyayoslam Valmana, the Masarani. It's limited to the first Tzedakah in general. And that grows very important, because most of us are are not farmers, not living in Eretz Yisrael, so we don't give those masters in the literal sense, but Stalker we certainly can and must and should give, but not just giving. So Masti Visi Masti Bo. The Torah of Himmah explained, indeed the sources of Eretz Yisrael and Mishnayis, Bishimcha Uvesever Panim Yomos. With joy and with a happy face. This is a challenge which is so difficult that a person who rises to the occasion can look the rabbinish from Kamiyachal in the eye and say, Asisi kachol asher tzibisad. I'm not just given the requisite tithe to the individual who deserves it, the poor person, the lady, but I've actually given it to him with joy and with a smile on my face. And this is not always so easy. <coughs> Not always so easy. I'm sure that Teaneck is not different than Riverdale. It's a nice, thriving Jewish community, which is on the map. I don't mean the map of the uh, local uh, Bergen County uh, roads. I mean the map well-traveled by individuals in need who frequent communities which are as intensive as this one because they know there are many homes and many schools and many places where they can collect for their individual needs. And they come from door to door, from time to time. And it's not always the most opportune time. And people sometimes become exasperated. And frankly, uh, I include myself in that category. When they're just, just besieged. I use the word sometimes, ambushed. What do you mean by ambushed? I'm coming home late from the yeshiva, late at night. And apparently they've been at my house before, rang the bell, not home, not home, not home, not home. They sit in front of my apartment building in an ambush. And I may not notice them, but as soon as I walk into the door, somehow prophetically, and you know, they want to sit down and sit down for a minute, they have something to eat, or something to talk. No, they're there. And, look, people are in need, they're, not, uh, they're going around for a reason, and we have to help them out, you know, as, as much or as little as we, as we have to help them out. But the most difficult test is helping them out with a smile to save their fun and yokos. How do you do it? How do you do it? So the Torah, you know, he goes to the hint. Besimcha 
who can stay in front of the office. The only way to do it with a smile is if you really feel overjoyed. Now, how can you feel overjoyed when you're tired, you're exhausted, maybe hungry? People are coming into badge you in the privacy of your home. The answer is absolutely overjoyed. You have the opportunity to fulfill this incredibly great mitzvah of helping another Jew. Remember two things. Number one, you're not in their position. You have nothing and have to ask for help from other individuals. And number two, you're even in a situation you can't help them. Do it with a smile. What an incredible schuss it is for you to be able to help another Jew. And so we should focus on the literal bits of stuffer. And we know how many times we've read stuffer constantly mobbers and stuffer saves people from, from death. And there are all kinds of stories which I don't have the time to go into right now. But individuals who at the very moment as they were giving stuffer, so remember their family was saved from, 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 from bullets flying, things of this nature. We have every reason to be overjoyed. We have the opportunity to give tzedakah. And we know it helps us. As Chazal say in the Vedash Rus, Shema Ish Asher Asisi Imo Hayom Boaz. And Chazal Kamen and Apostle Asisi, the Rus, who was poverty stricken, did for Boaz more than Boaz did for Rus. Now we know the history. We know it really was true. And it happened to me all the time. So, we speak about preparing for Yom Zaroim. We're talking about Teshuvah. Teshuvah is what we spoke about before, the general idea of Simcha. Tzedakah. What is Tzedakah? Not only giving money, but giving it to save their Yopos. Now, someone asked me, when I write all those checks, all those solicitations, must I be smiling too? Well, I think it's a good idea to smile because you have an opportunity to help out individuals who send these heartbreaking letters to tear jerkers, and you can give whatever you can give to each one, and you should do it with a smile. And thank God you don't have to write such a letter. And you're, and people you know, generally your relatives don't have to write such letters. It's a wonderful zuchus. But you know, the simple reading of the pasuk is that it reference to Matzah Shem. That the whole pasuk refers to Matzah Shem, which is worthy of Shabbat. So what's a mafti to see mafti You read it yourself. So how do you make others happy by your reading? So I believe the answer is as follows. Mafti Shem can only be eaten in Yerushalayim. And there are many farmers who come from, from long distances to bring their fruits from far away. The Torah Tanim understands that these farmers have the opportunity to exchange the fruits for money, to lighten the burden and then bring the money and then transfer once again the fruits of the holy city. But no, they want to do the mitzvah the ideal way, and they carry large burdens of fruits, of produce, all the way from northern Israel to Jerusalem. Where does it show that it's not a burden for them? No matter how heavy it may be, they can spend it for a few coins. They want to carry the heavy burden, that's the ideal way to perform the mitzvah. It's not a burden for them. Now what is parallel today? Chazal teach us. The man filmed the Yira, the Pasuk which is describing Master Shani, Kimitsiyan Tete Torah, Kazal say, you come to Yerushalayim, and there you see those who are involved in the Beis Hamikdash and Torah study and Avoda, and you're inspired by them. Elsewhere, Kazal say, that you don't have the time to consume your incredibly large bounty of Master Shani. It's a large percentage of your total crop, 9%. 
you can't you can just sit there forever. You can go back to work your field. So what do you do with it? So what do you do with it? The answer is, you distribute it to those who live in Yerushalayim. Well, who lives in Yerushalayim? The long day Torah. The people who are studying full time. You have the opportunity to make them happy. To make them happy. By giving these full time Torah scholars opportunities to study with, with some food in their stomachs. Without having to worry. So that once again, we see the theme in the midst of the of Simcha. The word Simcha is found with respect to the study of Torah. Remember that? With Pikuri Hashem Yisharim, Mesam It's found in the context of marriage we mentioned before. We speak this, we read this last week. Mesimach at Ishto There's the word Simcha all over the place. Joy in the context of marriage, in the context of studying Torah, of teaching Torah, of supporting Torah. And then, but today's equivalent is not the person coming and putting out his, his hand for his private needs, but putting out his hands for a Mokom Torah, for a yeshiva, for a colon, and one, and another, and another. They keep coming and coming and coming. You should smile and give it whatever you can. So, Mahdi, you see Mahdi, the present equivalent of Master Shani, in the support of Torah institutions. And finally, there is Tshuva. Remember, Tshuva, Tshuva, Tshuva. Because we just went a little out of order. Tshuva, Tzedakah, and now Tzfilah. Remember, even with Hashem B'Simcha, Avodah Saleh is Tzfilah. We should once again not view Tzfilah as a burden, as some of us do, to be discharged, but rather as an opportunity, as a schus, a unique merit that we have to speak of a Yom of the Rabbanishlam. He's listening. We believe the very essence of Tzfilah is the belief that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is listening to our prayers. What a remarkable opportunity and blessing given to every person in the world to be able to speak to the Rabbana Shalom. We just said it Krishna. And the rabbis have commented on that puzzle, what the Vodash believe? This is Tzfilah. But notice, it does just say, What's the difference between Levavchem and Kol Levavchem? Permit me to say a word on the coming instruction. The month of Elul, as you know, has many mnemonics. It stands for many different things. The most famous, Anil Rizodi, Rizodi Li, which our rabbis have interpreted in the context of Tzvilah. Tzvilah is the, is the uh, Siach Dovin, which is referred to, if you look at the Mishnah Bura, and then in Hilda you'll find it there. But there's another reference. There's many more, but this is one of this week's parsha, which the Balaturim actually points out. The Balaturim and Chumash, the Mishnah Bura also quoted. And what is that post? Quote, Umar Hashem Alokecha, Es Levavcha, Ve Es Levavtarecha. Perek Lamed Posit Vav. Es Levavcha, Ve Es Levav, this is El. What does this mean? Hashem literally will circumcise your heart and the heart of your children. It's Jewish continuity. It's Torah continuity. Es Levavcha, Ve Es Levavcha, this is El. And how the Posit conclude? The Abbas Hashem Alokecha, Bechol Levavcha, Bechol Nafshal, Levan to love Hashem with all your heart and all your soul for the sake of your life. Notice what changed. 
It originally said, Es And it concludes, Bechol Why? Isn't there a contradiction between the first part of the Pasuk and the last part of the Pasuk? This is my answer. We want to ensure to the best of our ability that our children will, in fact, follow in our footsteps. That they'll be observant, they'll be involved in Torah, and involved in Mitzvahs. That's what we want. Es our greatest blessing when this is fulfilled. So this, if we will attempt to reach this level of simply serving Hashem and loving Hashem with our hearts and expect our children to replicate this, we are sorely mistaken. Because that's the nature of transmitting something from one generation to the other. Often something is lost in the translation and the transmission. Something is lost. And if you serve Hashem with enough of your heart to get by, so you keep the Torah and the business and you keep Shabbos and Kashmir the basics, not much of a guarantee that your child, your son, your daughter will in fact follow suit. Because something is lost. This is the nature of things. You become further removed from Sinai for whatever reason. The way that you can best ensure that your children will in fact serve Hashem with their hearts, that they will have circumcised hearts, which means they will be involved in the spirits of interest. The way to do it is that you yourself should serve and love Hashem If you serve Hashem with enthusiasm, with wholeheartedness, much more than the bare minimum, you want to go far beyond what the halacha demanded you, strictly speaking. You want to go with all your might, with all your soul, with all your heart, and your child sees this. You'll be inspired. We hope. We pray. No absolute guarantees in this world. We hope and pray. I just came from a wedding. One of my uh, members of my shul speaks to me out in the hall, you know, out the family. So I explained to him how happy I was that in this past week, literally this past week since the beginning of Elul, that three of my sons, Bob and Shem, are married, living in Eretz Yisrael, all started within a week. They're teaching careers. Each one is teaching a different yeshiva at Eretz Yisrael, which is made specifically for American I mean, you know the names of the, the various issues that many students, I'm sure, this sheet, this Kehila, are, 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 are attending. So he says to me, you think all of his sons will, will go into this uh, field? So I responded, I don't tell my children what to do. Is it true? He said to me, but you have to admit that they perhaps were inspired a bit by your example. <laughs> I said, I'm not denying it. I consider it to be tremendous, tremendous a flattery. You know what the flattery Imitation is, is the greatest flattery. That they, on their own, that's why it's like you must do this. They decided that they want to go into this field of Avodah HaKodesh Simcha. They're not going into the grudge because they can't do anything else. They don't have degrees. They can do many things. They want to do it. They want to be involved in this Simcha process of Ein Simcha the Torah. And as anything which makes you more happy to study Torah yourself, it's the joy and the faith of others. When they hear your Torah, you make a point and they understand it and you transmit it. Ah! There's nothing that can compare to that. There's no high that can compare to that. And a person realizes that he's transmitting Torah to Hashem, he understands what it is to another generation of his children, of his students, of his followers. Great! So you, you have to go into this with a whole heart. I've seen sometimes 
don't know how to say it nicely, some burned out Mechamshim. They say they were too late for them. They weren't trained in their, in their, in their, in their early 20s in some other profession, and they were they sort of drifted into this kind of a, a field, and now they're already 40, and it's too late to, to re-educate, to retool. They, they, they continue in their career sort of in a half-hearted way. And they're, they do, they do a good job, but I found that in those situations, it's rare that the next generation follows them. Well, why should they do it? Well, why? But it's what's true of, of, a, of, a, of a career in Chinas, it's true of Yiddishkeit Bechlal. If they see a parent who's involved with the, with the excitement, with the joy, with the full heart in, in, in dominating, in learning, in giving stuff, whatever it may be, so the children see it and they learn from it and they want to do the same thing. It's a remarkable idea. Leman Chayecha, some say refers to the afterlife, to live forever, the Sfranos of the Nitzchis. But may I take that same strong and say, Nitzchus doesn't just mean in a world to come. It means in this world, you have children and grandchildren who are going to follow in your footsteps. There's a quote in, in the Swarm of Rabbi Shafashim's out, Doris Moshem, where he says, the generations were lost in America because the parents would sigh and would say in Yiddish, as a Shver to Zion Ayyip, it's difficult to be Jewish. So that worked, that worked in Europe. There was no choice. So you put your shoulder to the wheel, and you went right there. You continue the next generation. But then it wasn't there. It's shred on the I'm out. What am I needed for? But the question, it's diseased design of you. It's sweet to be Jewish. It's happiness. It's joy. It's excitement. It's enthusiasm. It's whole lot of this. That's what we need to continue the spirit for the next generation. This is true about Simcha all year long. And I must conclude with a brief word about Simcha and Rosh Hashanah itself. And I know that the previous speaker spoke about the, the halakhic intricacies of this. I want to speak from a different perspective, which I don't know if it was touched on before. This is what I heard from my Rebbe, I saw the mention the front of the room. He asked the question, you open a Mazda and you'll see, when it comes to Shofaros, which is the third of the three parts of Muslim, which I believe that was also discussed earlier today, and he count up the sukkah, it's supposed to be three, 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 and then one. They come to Tehillim, and you see there were three sukkah, which mentioned the word shofar, and all of a sudden there comes a whole extra parak of Tehillim. It has shofar, it's true, the last parak, but it's extra. You already satisfy our obligation, you already know we have three sukkah from Tehillim. What do we need this whole extra parak for? So Rav Salafet, you can explain this follows. He said, what is the ultimate in sinful and joy? What's the ultimate? How do you do it? The Pastor tells us, there's a mouth of the Hashem When a person comes before Hashem, that's the ultimate symbol. When he's somehow estranged from Hashem, banished, that's the ultimate sadness. This is now the end, end, end of the special tefillahs of Rosh Hashanah. The tefillahs of the tears are just about to come to an end. You're ready, long show, which brings it close to Hashem, before the Shemana And now you've said, Shemana what? Now you've finished Shemana uh, you finished the Malchus, you finished the Zephorus, and I'm just about finishing the Shofar. You are now Lifnei Hashem! You're as close to Hashem as you're ever going to get. You don't have any, any Kodesh HaKadosh we can go into anymore. This is it. You spent hours dominating, you, you focus on Kia Shofar and on, and on Tefillah. Now the time you're Lifnei Hashem. Lifnei Hashem is, as the Briskers would say, is a Mechaev of Simcha. It's something which should obligate us to feel this tremendous joy. 
And the way that we express the joy of the Simcha is by an overpouring of excitement and ecstasy. The last paragraph to Hillel, the end of all the Shiras, the end of all the Tillim, which has so many expressions of Hallelujah, 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 so many times to be grateful to Hashem for what He's done for us, most of all, allowing us to come close to Him. And the recognition that we are so close to Him. That we understand that He has told us how close he, we are to Him. So we just read a paragraph today. That not only are we called Banalam Bakom, but Hashem gave us the Hebrew Yusera. He told us they were Banalam Bakom. He told us that we are His children, that we are His students, as Rashi explained. All that is known to us. What a reason to, to experience joy and to express joy. And if we don't express the joy, we're missing something. You have to add an entire paragraph till and after all the ten circles are finished. In effect, we add the entire paragraph in order to express this feeling of excitement, of enthusiasm. The ultimate shira, the very last paragraph of the hill. And our shul. So when it comes to this paragraph of the hill, as opposed to all the other psukim that are recited, are recited, you know, the Kedim, this paragraph is sung with a nigga. That's my way of following the story of my Rebbe. That if someone the Nigim, they're very happy to, and everyone joins into, and they experience the year to year, and they understand, oh, thank God another year we're alive, another year we're well, and another year we're able to come close to Hashem. Wow! Wow! You're listening Hashem, this requires Simcha. Let us not make a catastrophic mistake of avoiding the Simcha of Tachas, let us remember that we have an abundance of good and at the very least we have a majority of good. Let us remember the call that we have, the call of happy marriages and the call, the all the, the, the totality of Torah, of study, of practice. We should remember our obligations of simcha for ourselves and for others and to do it with a smile. So mafti misi And let us remember the opportunity to daven and such a tremendous blessing. And if we do all these things with enthusiasm, with happiness, with overflowing hearts, for all about them, then we can hope and pray that Kodesh Prabhu will give us that Prabhu of Es Levavka V'Es Levavka Give us the Elo that we really need. So it should be Leman Chayecha. So it should be Zohar, not only to a Shnat Chayim Bishalom for ourselves, but eternal life for our generations thereafter, we should all be Zohar to exceed the Chasimah Tova and the Shnat Chayim Bishalom.